Well, good morning. It is always a pleasure and an honor to be with you. I, uh, I don't get to speak much from the front. I think Ryan's probably the only brave soul who uh, <laughs> trusts me up front. Perhaps people have good reason for that. Um, the message on my heart today, you know, Ryan said to me, you know, you get to uh, share on anything that is on your heart. And as I prayed, I really felt I, uh, that the Lord wanted me to share with you about uh, journeying with God. And, uh, you know, I got, I got saved back in the, in the mid-80s, so I'm, I'm headed for 40 years with Jesus in a couple of years, which seems crazy because I'm still 26 or 21 or whatever, 16, my wife might say. Um, but, you know, when I got saved, I heard a lot about the autos. I didn't come from a church background, so I had no context. I think in some ways that might be a good thing. Uh, in my case, I just didn't have any church background. And... Um, I heard a lot as a young believer about the ortus and the ought to love, and the, the one another's, and um, how to have a quiet time, and, and those were good things, and they helped to provide structure and framework. Also, I heard a lot about what not to do. That was back in the mid-80s. <laughs> and, um, but what I didn't hear anything really about was, how do you walk life with God? What does it look like to walk life with God? And, and, and frame that out because my understanding when Jesus came to live in my heart um, that he would live life through me. So what would that look like? And, uh, you know, I was, I was the guy asking all the awkward questions. You know, the pastor would say, well, you should pray about that. I said, well, how do you pray? You know, I had to learn everything from first principles from scratch. And uh, so my hope today is to take you on a journey that the Lord has taken me on and maybe flesh out and provide some uh, encouragement about what journeying with God for me uh, has looked like for nearly 40 years. So uh, before, I, before I pray, I, before I start, I'd like to just pray. So Father, I just, uh, I lift up this message to you. Holy Spirit, would you come and breathe on these words? Would you come and speak through me? Would you... Uh, Come and impact the hearts of your people. I pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear and a mind to perceive what uh, you, Holy Spirit, are saying to your people. I pray it in your name. <clears throat> Amen. So journey is the primary expression of our walk with, of faith on the earth. Okay, and we see this all throughout Scripture. We see this all throughout the Old Testament. We see it in the life of Abram. See in the life of David, of Moses, all these men and women, the prophets, they all walked with God. And you go and read their stories. Some of their walks were really hard walks. But we see that this, this walk with God always starts with walking off your spiritual map, which is why the scripture today, uh, Lucas was very happy that I just had one scripture for the day. It's Hebrews 11.8. If you don't know, Hebrews is in the New Testament. Chapter 11 is the the. the the Hall of Fame, those who made it into the, into the Hall of uh, Faith, Hall of Fame, and I'm going to read from verse 8 for you. By faith, Abraham obeyed and was called to go out to the place that he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. And so the, the first thing that we realize when we start to journey with God is we walk off our spiritual map, Okay? 
God takes us on a journey. And what happened in Abraham's life, if you go and read Genesis 12, the call of Abraham, God speaks to Abraham and says, hey, I'm God. I wanna take you to a land that I'm gonna show you. And, uh, and he makes promises to Abraham, amazing promises. But he tells him to leave his country, to leave his family, to leave his father's household and to go. And uh, I, I can just imagine the conversation with uh, Abraham having with his wife, Sarah. So I'm sure he shows up and he's like, God spoke to me, you know. And he said, we've got to leave here and we've got to go to a place. And she's like, well, where is it? I don't know. Well, how long will it take us to get there? I don't know. Well, how will we know when we're there? I don't know. But we'll know. Well, honey, what do you know? <laughs> I know that God spoke to me and told me to go. That's all I know. And I want to just say to you that as important as the destination is to us, the journey is to God. As important as the destination is to us, the journey is to God. I'm a destination kind of guy. All the traveling and the trips and the flights, and the, it was all, that's noise. That's just, a, that's just a journey. Let's get to the destination. I've always been that. As my wife will tell you, she considers me a partially rehabilitated alpha male. But... Uh, the goal of every journey with God is personal transformation. God is always in the business of transforming us from glory to glory and into the image of his son, Jesus. So in 1999, God began to speak to us about uh, leaving our country, our family, and our father's household and going to America. And uh, this first happened through trusted prophetic voices in our lives. People began to give me words. It all seemed very exciting initially uh, before it became really frightening. And then, and then the Lord began to uh, just prepare our hearts and begin to speak to us personally. And I had many questions, you know, I had questions like how will this happen and when's this going to happen and, you know, where in America uh, and, and why are we going? I mean, what, you know? And, uh, you know, as a family, as a couple, um, we had two young girls. Uh, we have two daughters, Grace and Faith. Grace is at the back there today. Um, we had two young girls, and we'd actually considered leaving uh, South Africa probably maybe close to 10 years before that. It was a very dark time in our country. Uh, we were, it was the back end of apartheid, which is really hard. We had, at that stage, we had the highest AIDS rate of any country in the world, the highest crime rate of any country not actively at war, and the highest rape rate of any country in the world. So it didn't make for a fun place to bring up uh, a family, but we prayed about it very earnestly. Uh, we wanted to be in the geographic will of God, and we felt to stay, primarily for our church family. And here we experienced the Lord saying, well, we're gonna send you to America. And this is, as I said, probably 10 years later. So the first key to successfully journeying with God is that there will always be many unknowns. You will never graduate from that place when you journey with God. <clears throat> For all progress in the Christian life is by faith. And without faith, you cannot please God and unknowns make space for faith to develop in your life. I was on a crash course of learning this <laughs> at a rapid speed in 1999 and um, <clears throat> I've always seen 
And I, I got to learn that unknowns on invitation into a life of faith and encounter with God. And uh, for me, unknowns have led me really into three things. They've led me into weakness, dependence, and trust. And as a man, I'm sure the other men would attest, we don't like being weak, dependent, and trusting. I remember, I remember once asking the Lord, uh, it was actually in the middle of this because I, you know, Lord, you say have faith. What is faith? What is faith for Rob? What does it actually look like? And uh, I remember him answering me so clearly. He said, uh, the expression of faith is trust and the experience of trust is peace. So Rob, how do you know that you have faith? Well, do you trust me? How do you know if you're trusting me? Do you have peace? And my peace levels were fluctuating up and down. It was quite a bumpy time. I mean, I don't know if any of you are weird like, like, like I am, but I ask God weird questions. Any of you ask God weird questions? Ryan, one hand, one truthful, a couple other hands, that's great. I remember asking the Lord once, so what's it like being God? What's it like being God? And he answered me, like, right away. I was like, I was astonished. And even today, I, I meditate on that sometimes. I said, so Lord, what's it like being God? And he said to me, it's glorious. It's glorious, it's glorious being God. So we will always face the first step in any journey with God. We will always face unknowns. There will always be unknowns because they make space for your faith. We know with Abraham, he had to leave, it says, and he, and he went not knowing where he was going. So he departed before he knew the destination. The second key in successfully journeying with God is obedience in the face of unknowns unlocks the next step. And this was really challenging for me because I'm kind of like, you know, show me the money and then I'll, I'll take the big step. But that's not, uh, that's not how the Lord works. And I remember us praying and asking God as we began to, you know, we began to ask many questions. They were all, where are we going and when are we going? We got no answers. And uh, I remember going back to one of the prophetic friends. He actually is a, today a prophet who travels around internationally. I'm saying, like, are you sure about this? Was, you know, it was like, is this really the Lord? Um, and really sort of uh, just struggling a bit. And uh, so anyway, we, we cycle back to saying, Lord, okay, you're not answering those questions, but let's ask some other questions. How do we prepare for this journey? How do we walk into this thing? What do you want us to do? And the only thing I, I, I got at the time was that the window that would open for us was gonna be a very narrow window that this opportunity that the Lord wanted us to step into was gonna be very brief and that we were to be ready to step into it. And so came our first test of faith because um, we lived half a mile from probably what was rated one of the best beaches in South Africa. And I, I've always lived at the beach. I was a windsurfer in my day and we had every beach toy you could imagine. My girls were the very, very thankful to be in our household because we had bodyboards, beach boards, surfboards, boogie boards, paddle skis, surf skis, windsurf. We had everything. And after school, often I'd come home from work, we'd throw everything in the back of my pickup and we'd head to the beach. And, uh, and so I said, Lord, well, if it's a narrow window, what do we have to do? He said, you have to be ready. He said, sell everything that you have for the beach. I'm like... But Lord, it's December, it's the height of summer. And uh, so I said, okay, Lord, if this is you, 
I'm going to put out a fleece. I'm going to tell one person, and I want one offer. I don't want any haggling, and they're going to take it all. I told one person. I told one person. And within two weeks, a guy showed up at our door. I opened my double garage, and everything was stacked in there. He asked how much I want for it. I told him. He accepted it. He loaded everything up, and he took it all out. <laughs> I still remember my kids coming home from school like, Dad, where's all our stuff? It's all gone. And it was in the height of summer. You know, my, we had friends saying, like, what exactly is going on? And to which I responded, I don't really know. I don't really know. <laughs> so living by faith, <clears throat> particularly in the face of unknowns, uh, obedience is key. And taking that obedience will unlock that next step. If you don't obey, you don't get to play. If you don't obey, you don't get to play. You know, I know Eugene Peterson wrote a book once titled, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And I think that's, that's absolutely what we call to. But what happened as we, began to, as we began to obey, more revelation followed. I remember my wife getting a dream. And... Uh, and she was praying about, like, Lord, where are we going to stay? Uh, the way it actually worked. Imagine if someone presented this to you. The CEO of the company sat me down and said, there's a map of America. Go anywhere you want. <laughs> we knew no one in America. When we moved here, we knew no one in America. And I remember looking at this map saying, Lord, where on earth are we going to settle in America? And... Uh, but as we obeyed, more revelation began to follow. I remember my wife once getting a dream, and she had a dream of this little house, this little two-story house uh, on, on a little pond, and a forest behind the pond. And uh, my kids began to get revelation. I remember it was at the end of the school year, and uh, my, my youngest, Faith, she was, I think, probably seven at the time. And they had to write an end-of-year, we-go-on-vacation kind of card, you know, for the teacher. And she wrote... And we hadn't told them anything. She wrote, uh, we're going to a snowy place. I think it's called the North Pole. <laughs> and she still remembers the teacher calling Mandy saying, like, where are you guys going? You know, it was like 90 degrees in the shade in South Africa. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that was, that was interesting. So the third key in journeying successfully with God is becoming comfortable being uncomfortable. And so now we're in this place of, we've set our hearts and purposed our hearts towards going. We're on this journey with God. I'm feeling very vulnerable in the moment. Uh, we don't really, haven't, we've told very few folk what is going on and where we're headed. Um, I think largely out of insecurity because we just didn't have any answers, you know, and people are like, yeah, Rob was a good guy, but then he lost his mind and you know, started believing strange things. But we have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so we got ready. We got ready as best as we knew how. I knew by revelation that I basically wouldn't be coming back to do anything meaningful in South Africa, that the window would open very briefly. And we got ready and we waited. Who's ever waited on God? Fun, huh? Yeah, what fun. <laughs> I remember waiting. I did not wait very well. I, don't, I did not wait as, as a younger man very well at all, uh, especially with unknowns. And then I learned a, a, a secret with God. Don't ask questions to which you don't want answers. I remember saying to him, and they're like, so Lord, what are we going to do with our house? We've got this lovely house, half a mile from the beach. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, we're leaving. What do you want us to do? Are we going to sell the home? How are we going to sell it before we go? And it's all going to happen very briefly. So, like, what does it look like, you know? Do we get a you know, realtor involved? So he, he directs me to a couple in the church who were very mo- had very modest financial means. And he says, oh, well, they're going to come live in your home. So I said, okay. So what rent will I charge them? She said, oh, no, they can't pay you. You have to pay them to stay in your home. I said, Lord, that's not how things work. <laughs> you rent the home, and then people pay you to stay in your home. <laughs> he said to me, my economy does not function according to the world's principles. So, I didn't ask him any more questions after that, but I got really uncomfortable. He made clear to me there was no plan B. We were not coming back. We'd have to basically make a a family homeless if we did. And uh, yeah, it was was a struggle. It was a wait. And uh, and 18 months later, the door opened. But I can tell you, I recently watched the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, you know, and then it says, and four years later, you know, you see a different, that's what I felt like. It felt just like that. It was, a, it was a difficult time for us. And so the door opened to come. I, the company decided to send me, send me to America, and it happened in, a, in an evening. Boom. One night we weren't going anywhere. The next morning we were, and we were on our way. So we booked our tickets, and then guess what happened? 9-11. I still remember being in the cafeteria at, uh, at, at work and uh, idly looking at the television and seeing the Twin Towers, one of them on fire. And then I saw the plane hit the second one and I called my wife. I said, Jean, turn on the TV. She did, and so she did. And so she says, I see the Pentagon's on fire. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? And I remember saying, right in that moment, throwing up a prayer and saying, is there any change to the plan? He said, nope. No change to the plan. And so, as you probably know, worldwide, all flights into the U.S. were canceled. And in South Africa, because we had to meet the new stringent security requirements, they were canceled for about 10 days. Well, it so happened that our flight was 10 days out. And we were the first flight out of South Africa into America. And uh, that, that, was, that began our journey. We had to be at the airport eight hours before our flight. We were body searched three times. You know. By the time I finished it with me, I kind of thought I should marry the security person checking me out. But it, uh, it was challenging. <laughs> Which brings me to the fourth and last key that I want to share with you on <clears throat> successfully journeying with God. You need to learn to embrace the unfamiliar. Now, the unfamiliar is different to the unknown. The unknown you have no idea about. The unfamiliar, you have a frame of reference, but things are just different, okay? Here's an example. You have roads, we had roads in South Africa. You drive on, I learned, the right side of the road, okay? (laughs) And uh, so we came over, you know, the plants are different. The customs are different. And uh, we just went on this journey into the unfamiliar, and some of it you would probably find hilarious. I can tell you it was not hilarious at the time. In South Africa, all the stop signs are paint on the asphalt, okay? You look down for stop. You don't look up for stop. 
okay? And I only took my first winter in America to realize, well, you can't only paint it, you've got to have a sign when the snow comes out, white stuff. And, um, and so everything was just so different. We, we flew in, I remember we hadn't uh, slept in about, I don't sleep on planes, I don't know about you, but I struggle to sleep on planes. So we've been 26 hours awake, and we show up in America, we fly into Pittsburgh, and you can see how ignorant I was at the time. I said to Jean, I've got a sweater. I mean, how cold can it really get? You know? <laughs> and, and we got out the airport into the, into the rental car and I said, we need to find a, a coat, pla- I need a jacket, like now, you know? I couldn't feel my fingers or my ears, and I was really struggling. And then uh, we had bought a roadmap. Remember, this is 2001, okay, this is pre-Google. This is MapQuest days when we used to go print out our instructions to get to a place. And uh, what we hadn't known is the vendor was quite happy to offload the old roadmaps to us because they had changed all the signage in America. I did not know that all the exits were now labeled with the miles from the border and not sequential numbers. Well, we had sequential numbers. So we drove for probably four hours, sleep deprived, 26 hours of flying, and we got horrendously, hopelessly lost. And I never forget finally, you know, asking people, and they couldn't understand us, and we couldn't understand them, and trying to figure out where we were. Finally, we get to this place called an extended stay, and, uh, and I said, "Honey, I'll, I'll, I'll go. There's a place called Walmart down the road. It looks like a big supermarket." I'll go there and I'll go and get some stuff. But when I started the car, I was like, we're down on gas. We didn't have much left in this little rental car. So I pull into a gas station. And I'm using my credit card and nothing's working. I'm trying the pump and you guys call it gas and we call it petrol. And I'm still figuring all this out on my sleep-deprived brain. And nothing's working. And, uh, and so this guy comes over to me and he says, you need some help. I'm thinking, you know, I'm a guy, I've never really needed help pumping gas before, but I'm in a different country and I haven't slept in a day, so perhaps I need some help. So I said, sure. So he says, are you a member? And I'm thinking, haven't ever heard that question at a gas station before. Am I a member of what? Am I a member of, of, of humanity who pumps gas for their car? Sure, I'm a member. So, so he says, well, where's your Sam's Club membership? I said, what is Sam's Club and why do I need a membership to buy gas? Again, the unfamiliar. It's hilarious after the fact. It wasn't so hilarious at the time. <laughs> so we need to learn to embrace the unfamiliar. I also remember walking through Atlanta and uh, we had a layover before we caught our flight to Pittsburgh. And so I said to Jean, I didn't really eat anything on the plane because we weren't allowed knives and forks because it was a security risk. So we had to eat with our fingers, which wasn't much fun. So I said, I'm famished. So we found this thing called a food court. In America, they have food courts everywhere. It's really cool. So we, the only thing we could recognize besides McDonald's was a, a Chinese um, takeout place. And so we ordered our food, and I showed up at the cash register, and there's this polystyrene container. I'm thinking, oh, that's cool. Let's put both our orders into one plate. And then another polystyrene container shows up. And Gene and I stared at this food. We're from Africa. You finish everything on your plate. And I thought, there is no human being alive who could finish the food that is on my plate right here. And so we began to face the dilemma of what that looked like. I want to encourage you. I just want to invite the worship team to come up. 
As you journey with God, you will face the unknown. Don't be afraid of the unknown. The enemy is always trying to make you fearful of the unknown. God says, by faith, go and read Hebrews 11 again. By faith, Abraham went, not knowing where he was going. By faith, by faith, by faith. We walk by faith and not by fear. So as we face unknowns, we learn to accept them. That makes space for our faith to grow. I don't recognize the person I was 20 years ago. I came over here, and my wife would say as well, I began life and a journey in marriage uh, with my wife many years, 33 years ago. A, a selfish, self-indulgent, self-centered, self-focused, name all the selves, that was Rob. And I'm different today because of the journey. Remember that obedience unlocks the next step of your journey. No obedience, no revelation. No obedience, no faith, really. Obedience is proof of your faith. And then become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Embrace the discomfort of the journey of faith. I think for a lot of us, particularly as men, we like to have it all figured out. And the Lord doesn't like that. There's no God's space in our lives then. He's looking to us and saying, okay, will you make space for me? I'm gonna make it. There'll be the unknown. There'll be the uncomfortable. And there'll be the unfamiliar. Will you trust me? Will you invite me into that place? Will you lean into me with weakness and dependence and trust? I remember going through one season with the Lord where, uh, <laughs> men, I'm sure you'd hate this too. The Lord said to me, Rob, they have one question to ask me in this season. I'm thinking, yes, Lord, what is it? He said, I want you to ask in every situation, how can I be weak in this situation? I said, Lord, I don't like that question. But in our weakness, God's strength is perfected. Scripture teaches us that. And so as we become weak, as we become dependent, as we lean in and trust God, He's the one who makes a way. And today we stand. I have many, many other stories of the journey we've taken in America and the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ is faithful. That what He says He will do, provided you do your part, He will do His part. You can't do His part and He won't do your part. You do your part and He will do His part. He's trustworthy and we do this all by faith. And I find myself uh, at nearly 57 years old. Yeah, I know I look 42, it's okay. But at, at 57, I began a new journey. I had an encounter with the Lord last April when I was 56. And the Lord took me on a journey. I've started. Abraham was 75 when he set out from Haran. It's never too late to take a journey with God. It is never too late to take a journey with God. As I prayed about uh, Vineyard Florence, my, I sensed why the Lord wanted me to share this message was, I believe the Lord is taking this church, this body on a journey. And maybe for some of you, uh, you're seeing more of the unknown uh, than you felt before in a church. Maybe some things have become a little uncomfortable. Maybe the, perhaps there have been some expectations about participation and your role in the body that uh, challenge you and call you out into more. Perhaps the things that are starting to happen and as the Lord leads into the, into the unfamiliar, well, I wish things were always as they were before. We're not going back, folk. We're not going back. We're not going back. And so I just really want to encourage you that uh, in this journey, 
We trust the Lord. We look to the Lord. We keep our eyes on the Lord. He's the one who goes before us. He's the one who's behind us. You know, we read in Isaiah 58, and folk love to quote it, that, you know, you, know you, you, will, you will ask, and I will say, here am I. You know, and it goes on to speak about God being your rear God and God going before you and God being over you. But it's, that, is, uh, that is dependent on obedience. If you go and read the verses leading up to that, it says, if you will spend your life your life and your time on the hungry and take care of the fatherless and, and the orphan. You know, I'm personally very grateful and I, and I rejoice with Ryan and uh, you all with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. What you don't know about me is um, my mother fell pregnant with me at 15 as a teenager at school. And we didn't have legalized abortion in South Africa for which I'm very grateful. I think there's a very real possibility if that it was legalized in our country back in 1965. I would not be here before you. I'm very thankful to the Lord for life. I'm very thankful to the Lord for the journey. So I wanna close with prayer. I hope that my story has encouraged you. Perhaps you can relate to my story and my journey. Perhaps you're feeling uncomfortable Perhaps you're embracing and, and experiencing the unknown in your life right now. I think the Lord is shaking a lot of things free in our lives and it's not fun. But I wanna encourage you, if you would like prayer today, if you'd like prayer uh, for your journey, I'd like to pray. I'd like you to stand there and then I will pray for you. I'd like you to stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. The prayer team's also welcome to come up. If you've never taken a, a journey with Jesus, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can start your journey with Him today. I would encourage you to come up and get prayer. Come and give your life to Christ. It starts knowing that we are sinners who are in need of a Savior. The Lord is faithful, the Lord is good. So Father, I just uh, I come before you. I thank you for the journey. I thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, Lord, that as they face the unknown, as they face, Lord, the uncomfortable, as they face the unfamiliar, Lord, Father, I pray that their faith would not fail. Lord, we, we were reminded, Lord, when Jesus prayed for Peter and he said, Remarkably, Jesus, you showed Peter the prayer you prayed. You said, Satan has asked to sift you like, like wheat, but Peter, I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. Father, I pray for your sons and daughters today that their faith would not fail, Lord. I pray that in the time that lies ahead, in the very moment that in the place and space they find themselves, in their journey, God, that you would come and meet them, Lord. I pray for obedience to rise up in their hearts. I pray for a trust and a dependence a fresh experience of weakness, Lord, and being weak that your strength might be perfected in them, Lord. Lord, did you have your way in our lives? Would he make space for you in our lives through the unknown, the uncomfortable, and the unfamiliar? Would we lean on our beloved God? Would you come and do a work in our lives, God? Take us on a journey, Lord. Take us as you did with, with Abraham into his inheritance, Lord, where you gave him a land, God. You, you brought forth a nation from this man. Father, I ask that you'd release the promises of God and the purposes of God over us and into our lives. 
in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, I ask that you would comfort those who are struggling, that you would help those who are faltering, Lord, that you would breathe, Holy Spirit, on their lives right now. Breathe on their lives. Imbue them with strength, Lord. Father, may, may they rise up on wings like eagles, Lord. May they walk and not faint, Lord. May they run and not grow weary. Would you, would you give us a holy endurance that comes by your Spirit in our lives, God? Father, we say yes to you. We give you our yes in the journey, Lord. Even though it's scary, even though we don't see the end, we don't see the destination, we trust you. We lean into you. Would you teach us, Holy Spirit, I ask for a fresh release of revelation and understanding of what it means to journey with you, God. Father, I pray these things. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would like prayer, please come and get prayer this morning. Thank you. Thank you.